So how do we be filled? Well, we did a whole year on Matthew last year. And you're going to hear some familiar words again because this is the central piece of Jesus' teaching about how it is that we become filled. So, Linda. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So first of all, it's confession time. I promised you that the game would be live streaming in my office. Fox wasn't allowing that today. So it's not live streaming. And and so I had it on GameCast from ESPN. And um, the problem with that is it, you know, computers shut down after a certain amount of time. So I could about every seven minutes run in and, you know, do the mouse thing. But I thought, no. So I apologize for that, but if you have your phones with you and you want to check on the score, I will not call you out. (laughs) So it was was an interesting week of kind of going back and looking at um, the Beatitudes and thinking about what is it that we need to do in order to be filled. And so the first thing I did is I went back, and I, I guess I hadn't really done as fully a research about the word blessed as I'd done before. And I, I want to tell you, you have a handout in your bulletin. And so it's yellow, and so if you want to open up your bulletin and take a look, there's a list there that, that define the word blessed. And there, there are two things, really, or three things on that sheet. The one is from last week of the I am statements, and I'll get back to those in just a second. There are, I think, a, um, an easier-to-understand version of the Beatitudes Um, based on a tremendous amount of kind of study listed there. But let me walk through these words of what does it mean to be blessed. I mean, blessed, you you hear it so often in so many different ways, it's hard to really understand what this word means. And so, blessed means enlightened. When we're blessed, we become enlightened. We become God-focused, joyful. We become beneficiaries of God's grace and love, we become filled and blissful and made holy, become gifted, and gifted meaning that God is giving this gift to us that will bless us. We become fortunate, finding favor, finding faith. And and in many of the newer versions of the Bible, the final word and the, the really the word that is the least kind of accurate is happy. Happy is not nearly deep enough for this word blessed. And so as we look at that, what I want to talk about this morning is just to to kind of reintroduce us again to the Beatitudes. Because what's going to happen 
is you're going to get a challenge at the end of the sermon to say, I need you to go and practice these things. I need you to go and take these things on in order to be filled. So let's walk through them again. Very, very familiar, but let me throw a little twist on each one of them for you. Blessed are those who recognize their own spiritual poverty and our overwhelming need for God. Friends, until we realize our incredible, desperate need for the one who created us, none of the rest of these Beatitudes work. This is number one, that we understand our own spiritual poverty. And at that point, it opens up the possibilities for what God has to do to fill that poverty with something else. If we understand our own spiritual poverty, we will realize what God is trying, trying to create on earth. That's number one. Number two, blessed are those who allow themselves more specifically open themselves to share the deeper and deepest of emotions like mourning. We are so careful, I think, and maybe even more so today, so careful in the way that we approach relationships that go beyond our closest friends. And yet, what God is asking us to do is to open ourselves in a much more significant way to the needs around us. I mean, think about mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Think about what mourning is. If something happened to Hugh, what I would be doing is mourning, whatever that was that was happening, or I would spend time with Lois and just be there. Tomorrow morning, Robert Braun, our guitar player from First Service, which is why Bubba is sitting here with the guitar to just remember Robert and kind of fill his place. Robert's going in at about 6 tomorrow morning for open-heart surgery, quadruple bypass. And should anything happen, think of the depth of emotion that we would take on. These emotions are deep, and they are intended to be deep. And when we shelter ourselves or try and shelter ourselves from those kinds of emotions, we close ourselves off, potentially to the relationships, not just with each other, but with the God who created us. But if we open ourselves up to those deeper emotions, we will find comfort in both giving those and then receiving them and being refilled every time we share those kinds of emotions. Number three, blessed are those who are humble and recognize that they are not God. I shared with First Service, I'm going to share here too, that, that <laughs> this is the first church where I have ever served where there wasn't someone in the congregation who absolutely, without question, believed that they were God. Just take that on for a second. I remember my first church in Everett when, when and Harold was a, right? Gene was there at this time. Harold knew he was God. Harold knew that anything that he would say had to happen. And if it didn't happen, you know, there would be the curse of Harold, right? Am I, am I over-exaggerating this at all? And especially when he was up on the ladder. Well, it's true. Yeah, because he was so elevated anyway. But we are not God, friends. We are dependent on God. 
And as soon as we realize that we are not God, it opens up some other possibilities of understanding that we are children of God. God's children, who as we open ourselves up to the power that is God, we will then have the ability to inherit God's intentions for the world. Fourth, blessed are those who recognize that their spiritual survival depends on the spiritual nourishment and living water that will come as they study Christ and do what God asks of them. I remember, and I went back again because I I keep track of Grace Boarding House a lot, and this is in um, this, this village in Thailand that is way out in the hinterlands. And remember, as... Uh, Adam and I rode through one of the camps um, on our way up uh, to Mesalit, just seeing the divest poverty. And not only the divest poverty, but the lack of food that existed in, in this camp. And even to the point of, of children sitting in the road asking for handouts. When we are starving, there is but one priority, Right? And it is to be fed. And when we are thirsty, there is but one priority. And that is to have something to drink. To have that thirst quenched. And when this piece of the Beatitudes talks about that, it is the way that we are approaching, or to approach this relationship with God, that it is our very survival that depends on this relationship, at least our spiritual survival depends on this relationship. And I just want you to imagine that approach, that attitude, if we were to take on that kind of focus with those kinds of priorities to be fed and quenched with our Creator. And what would that open up for us? Well, guess what? Our spiritual life would become not only a priority, it would become the priority. Blessed are those who show mercy, number five, to anyone in need, for it moves the inner faith outward and allows others to see God in us. You know, the danger, I, I think, in, in being people of faith is that, and, and here's, here's, let me go back one step, you know, the heart of this church, and there's no question about what the heart of this church is. It, it is outreach. It is doing for others. It is going into the community and, and showing mercy and showing intent and trying to create health. And I'll come back to creating peace in just a second. But it is what we do. But here's the deal, friends. If we are not filled, we can't recognize as readily what God is calling us to do. But these acts of mercy are what complete us if we do the first of these Beatitudes. Mercy, outreach, social justice, whatever you want to call this, those are the things that complete us in faith as long as we build that foundation first. That's why mercy is where it is in here. And if we do that and we offer mercy people will recognize that we are the extension of God in Christ in the world. It's an imperative 
that we, sh- that we do this as a part of our Christian faith. And here comes the toughest one, I think, for many of us. Blessed are those who are willing to confess their struggles and even failures. And who will, upon confessing those, accept the forgiveness God offers and ultimately be purified by God. We all know, we all know that we fall short. We all know that we make mistakes. We all know that, that sometimes we hurt others or particularly those that may be closest to us. We all know that we may not do exactly what God wants us to do. And the word sin, again, I've said it over and over, it doesn't mean a baseball, baseball bat upside the head. Sin means missing the mark. That's what the word means. And we all miss the mark. For heaven's sake, literally. We miss the mark. And when we apologize, I I know that relationships can't overcome the lack of apology. I'm doing premarital counseling with with three couples right now. and, And talking about those kinds of things that when you are in that kind of intimate relationship with another human being and somebody makes a mistake or does something that hurts the other... Guess what step one is? I'm sorry that I did this. I'm sorry that I did this. And then as the partner forgives, we need to accept that forgiveness. But man, what a roadblock that can be for us as Christians. When we fail, we can ask forgiveness, but it's then that taking on the forgiveness and letting that disappear, that failure or that mistake disappear. It's a real struggle for us. And yet, if we don't do that, we are not allowing God to do what God does best, which is to forgive. If we will do that, the blessing that comes is that we will truly see the grace and the heart of God. Then comes this, which is the outcome of all of the others. Blessed are those who practice peace, offer peace, create peace, bring peace, for they will not only find peace, but will then fully realize that they have become fully children of God. It's amazing when we practice these things, what happens. And Paul writes that, you know, what we receive in the midst of that is all kinds of gifts from the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, even self-control. And we have to practice in order to fully receive those things. And then, what's not on your list is no matter what happens, no matter the darkness, the struggles or the challenges or even the pain, those who practice these things will have an unwavering confidence that God walks with them in all things. So how do we become filled? We practice these things. We walk through these each step by step. And we do it with practice. We do it with perseverance. We do it with patience. And I have to ask you again, are you willing to take these on? I will also say to you, Jesus did every one of these. Every one of these. And if then we are to be followers of Christ, we are called, mandated to do the same. And so we turn to Christ. Why? Now look at the other side of your handout. Because He is our bread. 
He is our nourishment. He is our light even in the darkest of places. He is the door to the things God has in store for us. He is our shepherd who guides and protects and saves us. He is our resurrection, the source of new life. He is the way for us to follow the truth upon which we build our lives and even the life that we seek to bring to others. And now you see how these work together. One builds on the other, which then builds on the other. And as we practice these things, friends, as we practice these things, it's not that we become better than anyone else, because what these things do is helps us become more humble. But it also helps us to see with the eyes of God, hear with the ears of God, understand the will of God, and be Christ in the world. Will you pray with me? God, these are essentials. This is as basic as it gets. And so we ask that you help us to take these on. That as we take these on, we know that we will go deeper. That we will understand holiness and the sacred nature of life in ways that we may have never understood before. So we ask that you fill us, guide us, be with us, as again we're reminded of the journey that we're called to take. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.